This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. Pushpa Mondol's husband, Arjun Mondol, was a fisherman. Arjun was 41 years old when he died. He was killed by a tiger in the Sundarbans in the state of West Bengal in 2019. For Pushpa and hundreds of other families who lose members, usually the primary bread owner, to tiger attacks, the struggle to survive is real. I live in Sundarbans in Rajat Jubilee village. I work at home and mangrove cultivation. I have two daughters and a son. My husband was killed by a tiger in the forest. Misfortune is befalling on anyone who catches fish and crabs here. Every month there are two or three accidents, but this is the only source of livelihood in Sundarbans. After my husband died, the people who he had taken loans from in order to build her house started chasing us three or four months after his death. Every year, 10 to 15 people are being killed by tigers. I feel that the government doesn't care about women whose husbands have been killed by tigers. Many times we have asked the government to give us 3,000 rupees per month as an allowance. But nothing has happened so far. Since time immemorial, tigers have killed hundreds of fisher folk and honey collectors who frequent the forests of Sundarbans for a living. While hunting for fish and crab, fisher folk often wander into government protected areas for tigers, also known as the poor area. No human entry or activity is permitted in these areas, yet, fisher folk must frequent these areas. With them, it is less about daring and more about earning an income with which to feed their families. When a fisher folk or honey collector is killed by a tiger, government authorities usually reject compensation to families, instead asking them why the victim was in the protected area to begin with. What follows is a cycle of trauma, deprivation and stigma for families. This episode asks, if human-wildlife confrontation has increased in the Sundarbans and the reasons for it, it looks at the link between the government's failure to create employment in the Sundarbans and the desperation which drives generations of families to the forests for a living. Hello, I'm Urvashi Sarkar and this is the second in the three-part series of Shifting Sundarbans. I speak to Pradeep Chatterjee, convener of the National Platform for Small-Scale Fish Workers. Pradeep has been working since over two decades on the rights of small-scale fisherfolk. He especially works for the rights of fishing families whose members have been killed by tigers. I visited Pradeep at his office in Kolkata's Tangra neighborhood. Historically, because human beings encroached upon the areas where the wildlife were there. So this actually, uh, you know, the, all these forests were cut down for agriculture. 
cities were cities came out villages were settled many other many many settlements were actually done in the forest areas so and and uh, animals actually did not find a area to live on to feed themselves so they tried to come into the uh, habitats of uh, human beings and then uh, this conflict started it is not only a, a killing of you know human beings by tigers but also you know destruction of houses destruction of agriculture and uh, yeah crops etc uh, by elephants by other wildlife you know bisons other things every everything actually it is happening like that because they are losing their habitats we are increasing our habitats so the conflict is coming but particularly in the context of sundarbon it is a it is a general thing what i have said it is a very general thing but particularly if we look at the context of sundarbon we shall find that in sundarbon there were tigers for from uh, thousands of years so there were tigers it is a tiger habitat we know all of us know that but this conflict was not like it is today earlier it has accentuated the tiger con tiger man man tiger conflict it has accentuated why because of a third factor because the people you know the forests you know for thousands of years our forests are actually supplier of livelihood it provides livelihood to the people the forest dwellers and the forest dwellers are not only tribals you know <laughs> as has been actually stressed in the forest forest rights act so many so many things so many resources were provided by the forest and that the fringe area people poor people who lived on the fringes of the of the forest they thrived on that they lived on those resources there are you know uh, dry woods for example in sundarbon you know you will find uh, not only fuel wood but also honey you will find shells apart from fish uh, so much fish was there because mangrove forest is a nursery of fish but what happened you know that the fishes were aplenty in sundarbon and in actually nearby waters in the sundarbon so even if there was much less restriction in going into the creeks of sundarbon in going deep into the forests people got enough fish on the outskirts of sundarbon in the fringe areas of sundarbon so they did not they did not need to they don't they did not need to go into the forest that much but then fish started the fish stock started depleting this depletion of fish stock led the people more and more into the forest more and more into the forest because of the because of their livelihood and the forest department government without conserving the fish they tried to conserve the tiger so the people went in and they they actually faced two enemies tigers two adversaries one is tiger and another is forest department 
So these restrictions came, but, but there is no aim to it, you know, these this atrocities of the forest department and tiger attacks on the human being. The fishers are not going to kill tigers, but the tigers are also, they are not getting food. So they are coming out, attacking the, attacking the fishers and the fishers are being killed. Earlier, they did not need to go that, that uh, inside the forest, that much inside the forest. Now they have to, because they have to live on fish. And fish is not available outside. So what do you think is the importance of tigers in Sundarbans? And do you think somewhere the state has failed to balance the need to save tigers and the needs of people? Need to save tigers and not only tigers. Tiger has a actually special uh, place in the food chain. So Tigers are important to be saved. But I tell you that not only tigers, each and every species on this planet should have its own right to live. Huh? And, and also uh, propagate its race, its, its race the species. But uh, this conflict is not coming because there are, there are tigers. The conflict is coming because we are degrading the Natural resources. The natural resources are being so degraded that people are not being able to live from live with the with the, with the resources on the outskirts of the forest. So they have to go in. The policy, if you look at the forest act, forest act, it's a colonial act, and the principle that it follows is this: that if you want to conserve forest. You have to ban all kinds of livelihood activities in the forest. That is the concept, main concept. It's a colonial act. And this concept is wrong. It is bad for the society. And uh, scientifically, it is wrong. It cannot, this cannot be because we should live in unison, not against each other. So this also somewhere points to the failure by the state and governments to provide good livelihood to the people of Sundarbans because this has been going on for a long time. People go to the forest, specifically the male members of families, they go into the forests and uh, there is uh, there are accidents involving tigers. Uh, so what do you think is the responsibility of the state here in terms of creating livelihoods? And one correction, not only male members, but also there are so many women fishers in, Sundar, in Sundarman. Uh, because they, they are living on the resources. Na? So they have learned to fish. They have learned to catch crabs, uh, prawns. So it is their livelihood practice. From generations, through generations, they have learned the skills. And it is a, sometimes it is a, uh, family uh, livelihood practice. The whole family actually participates in this livelihood practice. First point. Second thing is this that uh, yes, this could have been balanced. This could have been balanced. People were, as you told, that people were actually fishing in the creeks and of Sundarbon for time immemorial. Even the first uh, management plan of that Sundarban Tiger Reserve states that there are three or four occupations 
which were being actually carried on by the local people, fringe who lived on the fringe of the forest. Uh, and one of them was, of course, these fishes, uh, fisheries. Another was honey collection, another was shell collection, another was this dry wood, uh, fuel wood collection. But my point is this, that without providing space for that, they impose total ban. You just imagine half of the Sundarban area, more than half of the Sundarban, total Sundarban area of uh, yeah, uh, in West Bengal, were declared as tiger reserve. And more than half of the tiger reserve was declared as core area. And together with the sanctuaries, it is such a huge area that just one fine morning, the fishers found that they are trespassers in their own land. They cannot enter. They cannot enter the forest waters. Could you explain what you mean by core area? You know, in every tiger project, tiger project area, or in every national park, here, you know, this national park coincides with core area. Of, of tiger tiger project. There is an area which is earmarked as non-violable. It, you cannot go into that, you cannot do anything there. Anything. So it is totally out of bound. You, you cannot you cannot do anything there. So that is the core area. Around it, sometimes there are there is a buffer, buffer area where you can pursue some kind of activities with restrictions. Permitted activities, permitted with restrictions. In Sundarban, they have issued some licenses, boat licenses called VLCs, which are by number, which are very, very inadequate. And that is why people are going without any, any such licenses. And they are being caught and harassed, persecuted by the forest department. You've worked very closely with the families of uh, people who have been attacked by tigers. So, can you describe what happens to these families in the aftermath of such an attack? What What is the future hold for such for such kind of families? It's very difficult, you know, and very sad. Uh, what can happen to a family, to a very poor family, which loses its main earning member all on a sudden? And also, in an environment where the society at large, the administration, police, all are apathetic to them. They are, these people do not think that they have a duty to actually help these, uh, uh, these sufferers, uh, the, the, the family members of these victim, victims of tiger attack. They don't think it. They don't think. They, they think that, okay, we are the lords. They have lost their some, yeah, uh, some earning member. So that so that is why they are coming to us. And it is actually, uh, it, is, it, it is left to us whether we actually uh, mercy them or not, whether we can, we, we give some arms to them or not. It is, it, they don't never, they do never think that it is their duty, let alone it is their human responsibility. Uh, they never think. But in this environment, what can happen? You know, you are just, just actually think of a tiger widow. Tiger widow means actually the woman who has lost his husband uh, in a tiger attack. 
actually uh, within some time of actually leaving actually uh, bidding goodbye to his uh, husband who is going there with his with his colleagues in a small boat to catch fish she gets the uh, news that her husband has been killed sometimes he get, she gets the, uh, actually the mutilated body sometimes the body is not recovered so you just imagine the shock it's a very sudden thing shock and then what is the future future is dark because she has lost the main or only earning member of the family and there is no way out because sundarbani is a area where jobs are not actually very available huh? so it is economically very very backward area so what happens then she, then she runs then she runs to the police station and the police says that okay you bring in the, the colleagues of your of your husband uh, and we shall arrest them because they had entered the core area without permission or 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 in a, in the core area there is there can be no permission or they had no 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 license to go in in the even in the buffer area so we shall we shall arrest them so nobody even people do not report the death and then then there is harassment after harassment death certificates are not issued ha huh? so without death certificate you cannot get any any compensation you know any compensation and the compensations you know tiger project will say that uh, they entered illegally so we are not going to pay anything so that 5 lakh compensation for tiger yeah, uh, yeah, uh, man animal conflict uh, tiger animal uh, tiger man conflict gun then the fisheries department the fisheries department will say okay we shall we shall give you uh, give you but Uh, report us in time. Then the people cannot report even. They cannot go to the uh, nearby uh, city. The poor lady, the poor widow. He, she cannot go along there. And then there are towns. They will say that okay, we shall get you the money. You give us money first. We shall get you the money, the compensation money, or the or the insurance insurance money. And the insurance company will say that let the tiger project first write uh, that. they this this thing did not happen in the core area and let the tiger department tiger project first give the compensation if they give the compensation then only we shall release the insurance money these things happen you know it is very bleak actually and and you know this this harassments running from door to door uh, this actually cannot be put up cannot be endured by such a poor uh, lady who has no resource no resource at all Victims' families must go from door to door of government offices to get compensation, much of which they do not receive. Pushpa describes her ordeal while seeking compensation for her husband's death, and explains what drives people to the dangerous forests of Sundarbans for a living. उन्हें गले औरा बोले इका कुछ जमा दो इका कुछ दो माने When we go for compensation, the authorities demand documents and proof from us. They ask us questions like, "Which jungle did the person die in? Where did he die?" They ask for the post-mortem papers. If we have not been able to retrieve the body from the jungle, how can the post-mortem be done? I got Janata insurance worth one lakh about a year after my husband's death. Why should I lie? 
I received it. But I have not received a paisa from the fisheries or marine departments. I have approached the government several times to give me the compensation, but in vain. People need food and income. Those who have no jobs and cannot go outside to work must do this work. But to be frank, if a person goes outside the forest and works for a month, they would end up earning the same amount if they worked in the forest for five days. This is a reason for going to the forest. Here, the only livelihood is through the killing of fish and crabs. Numberless accidents are taking place because people are increasingly going to the jungles where tigers kill them. Do we have any recent data on human-animal conflict in the Sundarbans? And uh, is there in some sense a mismatch between the actual extent of tiger attacks and what is formally reported by the media and the government? Uh, look, we don't have any mechanism to get the exact data. We don't have the mechanism. We are not the administration. Uh, so it is not possible for us to get the exact data. But I can tell you that certainly the actual number of tiger attacks and killings are much higher than the than what which is reported because of that thing that people are scared to report. They think that uh, whatever we have lost, we have lost. Then we, if we are if we report it to the police. Then police, without being sympathetic to us, will again punish us, will harass us, will arrest us, and then we'll lose more. So that is why they do not report. In some areas, when I had actually held some meetings with the officials there, I have actually I encountered some tiger widows who came to me and said that can you get us some death certificate of our, of our husbands? I said, How and why? They said that we did not report because of this. Uh, the body was disposed, uh, but now we are finding that uh, we are in a soup because uh, our husband's death is becoming illegal. It's an illegal death. There is no report on it. So whether it has happened, it is not, not even recorded. How can we claim compensation? How can we claim the uh, insurance coverage money? That is the main problem. That is why actually it is. it can be certainly said that the reported uh, number of tiger attacks are much less than the unreported. There are more, more tiger attacks than which, are, which is reported. And we also know of families where multiple generations of people have died because of tiger attacks. Hmm. There was one family I knew, and in fact you know the family as well, where uh, uh, the husband has died and now the son, because of the lack of livelihood, is being forced to think of going to the jungles in order to earn. So this, I think, is uh, uh, one of the biggest tragedies of uh, the situation. Not only the son, you know, even the widow goes. Even the widow of the tiger victim again goes to the jungle. Because 
they don't have any livelihood, any alternative livelihood. They don't have. And they, they have learned that skill also. That is why they go. So, the solution actually is not in imposition of restrictions. Banning livelihood activities will actually do not actually solve this problem. Only solution is the replenishment of fish stock in the Sundarban waters and let nature generate its resources more. And that is not being allowed because pollution is coming from Kolkata that is upstreams and everywhere. You know, this uh, fish is being, uh, what do you say, fished in a very destructive manner by trawlers and mechanized boats in the even in the mouths of the rivers of in in Sundarban. So the uh, fishes are not actually growing there. We have lost the thing. Even even uh, fifty years back, you know, the fishers reported that their fathers or uh, even old people said that they also could not even haul up the net. Uh, when it was cast in the water, it was so filled up with fish, they could not even haul up the net. Uh, so, that was the quantity of fish they caught. And now you see, uh, very, very little quantity, very small quantity of fish they are getting and which actually is not worth the time they spend on fishing. So, that is the problem. It is, you know, <laughs> that's Solution actually is in actually conserving nature, let nature, letting nature recover its resources and provide those resources for the human beings, for the people who, are, who live on those resources. When these people go to the forests for a livelihood, they're also fishing, right? So they're still dependent on fishing anyway. But you're saying that the fisheries need to be further replenished so that people don't have to go to the jungles at all. No, not only that. They will not they will not have to go into the depths of the jungle, into the creeks, into the inner creeks, you know. In the fringe area, they will get much, much fish. Then they will not need to. And these attacks actually you will find that most of these attacks happen in the core area. Why is that? Because people enter there. There is no fish outside. Is there more fish in the core? Yes. Because lack of human activity, uh, there is uh, more uh, fish. Uh, and the fishers know it perfectly well. We conducted a dialogue with the fishers in many areas of Sundarban. Regarding, and we asked them that if all, all the restrictions are actually withdrawn, if all the fishers are allowed to fish, to go into the core area, what will happen? They say, all the fishers say, they do not. There was not a single exception. In all areas, all the fishers said that then the fish in the core area will also vanish. So they they want to conserve fish. But if actually fish is being lost, fish stock is being lost, it is going down, the stock is going down, not for this, not because these small-scale fishers are fishing. It is because there is pollution, there is large-scale actually destruction of fish habitats. That is why this, this, this is happening. And uh, without looking at that, and I mention here that fish is a wildlife. By the uh, Wildlife Actually Protection Act of India, 
you will find that fish is also enlisted as wildlife. But these actually learned people of our forest department, they think that they can protect a, when a food chain at a, at a certain level only. All the levels, all the strata of the food chain cannot, should, cannot be or should not be protected. That is why they don't want to protect the fish. No forest department raises any question regarding the pollution that is coming from the from Calcutta and its outskirts into the yeah, uh, Sundarman. Why? Why there is no fish in your fish is also a wild animal. They should conserve fish also. And if fish is conserved, then many things will be conserved. First of all, water will be conserved because good fish needs good water. Thank you.